Friends, shall we pray? Gracious and loving God, as we take a moment to reflect upon your word, we pray that we may truly hear your word. Guide us in our understanding and our knowing that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, our rock, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. So I'm 36 years old. And I know. <laughs> I only tell you that because, <laughs> because I, um, uh, over the years, I've kept track. And in those 36 years, I've lived in... Dave! <laughs> in those 36 years, I've lived in 10 different states. That averages out at this point in time in my life to a new state every 3.6 years or so. And I've now lived in Nebraska for seven and a half years. Y'all have beat the average, let me tell you. But I, I share all of that with you because um, it, it points to the fact that in my uh, life, and particularly in my young adult life, but also some in my younger life, I've lived what I've often deemed as a semi-nomadic existence. I would spend a year here, a year there, a year somewhere else doing this, that, or the other thing, and, and it's all been very wonderful for me as an individual as it's helped me to grow and figure out who I am and my place in the world and who I'm supposed to be. Uh, you know, one of those years was my, one of those places that I lived was the year that I spent as a young adult, young adult volunteer in Alaska or the year that I worked uh, living and working um, for the Presbyterian Church USA National Headquarters in Louisville. Uh, three of those years was seminary in Chicago, and so just wonderful experiences helping me to grow and figure out who I am and who I'm supposed to be and, and what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and what all of this meant. But what all of this meant is that... Um, uh, as I've moved from place to place, obviously I haven't been able, I hadn't been able to take much with me. And as I move from place to place in my wanderings and my figuring it all out, uh, there's a few belongings, just a few belongings that made all the different journeys with me. Uh, one of which, and this is a little bit of a side note, oddly enough, is, is, a, is an Elmo doll that my sister gave me for my 18th birthday. Um, that literally uh, has been all over the world with me. It's been with me on all of my travels and that I've now passed on to my son. Um, but the other, uh, the other thing that has been with me through all of my journeys and all of my travels and all of my figuring outs is this giant Rubbermaid storage bin <laughs> that is full of pictures. It's full of prints. It's unorganized, it's messy. Um, it's just literally a box that has a copy of pretty much every picture that I took and had developed between the years of 1996 and 2007 uh, when I got my first digital camera. And at that point, I pretty much stopped printing out pictures. Now on occasion, mostly if I'm looking for something in particular, or I'm, I'm looking for something that references one of those moments or one of those places that I've lived during my journeys in my life, I'll go looking through those pictures. And sometimes, um, as I'm going, I'll sort them as I go, but for the most part, even if I'm looking for a particular picture or a person or place, I'll find myself flipping through the pictures 
and remembering and laughing about all these places that I've lived and all these things that I've been blessed to do in my life. And as I do so, and this is where I'm going with all of this, sometimes you've got to tell a story to tell a story to get to your point. Um, but as I do so, one of the things that I find myself laughing at more than anything else is the whole lot of awkward that's recorded in those pictures. Have you ever looked through old pictures and you're like, oh my word, <laughs> I was so awkward. And that's what I'm doing as, as I'm looking through these pictures oftentimes is I'm, I'm looking and I'm, I'm seeing the awkward that is recorded on those four by six pieces of paper. Uh, mostly my own, uh, but that of my friends too. It's, it's a funny look on your face when the picture was taken, when you weren't quite ready or you looked off to the side really quick, or that outfit that you thought looked awesome but really didn't when it was recorded on film, uh, or, or any of those other things that as they're recorded on film, they, uh, they're, they're freeze moments of awkwardness or weirdness or just funny little moments. Um, and, and they're recorded. They're printed out. And they're in a box in my basement. Now I have all of those um, because you only had 36 pictures on a roll and you had to get them developed. And so when you, you just took pictures and they were what they were, you got them developed and you kept them because they were the only records that you had of that moment. You know, I don't have a whole lot of awkward pictures anymore. Not of me, not of Mike, not of Kenny, not of any of my friends. I don't have moments of awkwardness and weirdness and funniness like that recorded and, and kept anywhere. And it's not because any of us are awkward. Trust me, I am awkward. You can ask Mike. I have moments of, whew. <laughs> I'm awkward most of the time. And it's not that <laughs> not that we make the fun that we never make the funny face or wear the funny outfit or got, get caught on film doing that that weird thing. Uh, it's just that quite frankly, I have a digital camera now. And it's got that little screen that as I take pictures, I can see what they look like. And the truth is, is I take a gazillion pictures of everything that I take a picture of. You can ask Mike, it drives him crazy sometimes. But the awkward ones are gone with the touch of a button. And so it gets preserved or not any of the moments of awkwardness, they're not any of the moments of weirdness. They're the ones where we all look the best, we're all, we're all looking at the camera, none of us are doing that goofy thing. And by the time we get them printed out, if we even get them printed out, to be honest, the awkward moments, the faces, faces the gestures, they're all long forgotten and all that is recorded is this perfect picture, this perfect moment, this perfect snapshot of time. It's also interesting because uh, the, the ability to take digital uh, pictures and as many of them as we want and erase all the ones that we don't like, one of the things that this has also led us to do is have the ability to catalog our daily lives. I'm one of those people that I am guilty of this. I am constantly taking pictures of, of everything. And then as we go through the pictures that we take of our lives, of our days as they go on, 
We go through them, either at the end of the day or the end of the week or whenever we do, and we make sure that we capture the highlights of the moments of the day, of the situations that we've been in. And we have these perfect images of everything that we've done, every moment that we've gone through, every situation. We have these perfectly crafted images that have captured just the right moment, the right situation, and everything looks wonderful and beautiful and great. And then, of course, we share the best of the best with our circle with our social circle, with our family circle. Um, uh, for, for me and many people of my generation, it's through things like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is. But we even e we email pictures to our loved ones and to our friends, and we share those images of perfection and wonder with the world, and we present our lives in this way. And in doing so, what we've done is we've carefully curated an image We've carefully crafted an image of our lives to present to the world, for the rest of the world to see. We've carefully crafted and created, along with everything else that we publicly share of our personal lives in a very public way, an image, a persona, a character of who we are. And this image that we present to the world in a very public way isn't always a fully accurate depiction of our lives and who we are. It's not always a fully accurate image of the wholeness of, of who we are as individuals. It's not lying about who we are. Here's an example. So I recently got a, a new phone. And Mike loves to tease me about the, uh, the picture capabilities on my new phone because um, they ha it, it has different modes, different camera modes, and one of them is selfie mode. And when you turn on the front-facing camera to take a selfie, right, it goes into automatically, you can't turn it off, beauty mode. <laughs> to take the perfect selfie. And what it does is, is, I have no idea how it does this, but the, as the camera focuses on your face, it, it seeks out all the imperfection and it airbrushes you. <laughs> and you can watch it happening. And so all those wrinkles that Kenny has given me smooth away. And my skin is nice and smooth. And all my freckles on my face disappear. I watch them fade away on the camera to present this perfect image. And it's really kind of kind of funny because if I'm if I'm wearing a t-shirt where my neck shows, the uh, uh, the freckles on my neck are still showing and but none are on my face. Uh, but but this this cam this this selfie mode, this beauty mode on my camera aims to capture the most perfect image of me. It's not fully me, but it's an image of me to present to the world. You know, I've been thinking a lot about perfection lately. 
not in terms of, of perfection in, in some of the things that we do. I am a bit of a perfectionist. You, you, Dave saw me earlier in, in the week as I was cutting out the outline of a house for the Habitat Project. and I, I didn't have a compass and a protractor, but I was getting my old trigonomic skills out, and I was making sure the lines were straight and the angles were just so. But I've been thinking about perfection in terms of who we think we have to be. And I've been thinking about perfection in terms of the package of who we are that we present to the world. Now, it's not just what we present and we post online on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever we do it. Um, That, I think, just throws into sharp relief what it is that we do every day. We take a look at our lives and we work to present the very best version of ourselves as possible to the the rest of the world. Oh, I can't wear that. What will people think? I can't say that. I can't post that. What will people think? I should do this. I should wear this. I should act like this. I should do this. I should show myself to be this way in the world because this is what people will think of me if I do that. And so I want people to think that I'm fun and sassy. I want people to think that I'm uh, witty. I want people to think this or that or the other thing about me so I'm going to carefully craft who I present myself to be to the world. We create these personas of of who we figure the world or other people want us to be or who we want the world to see us to be. But just like the picture taken with the beauty mode on my camera phone, it's not really us, is it? It's a bit of a caricature of us, but it's not really us. It's an attempt to be perfect. Now, most of the time we are not doing this intentionally. It's very subconsciously that we're doing this. But in reality, there's a not-so-secret part of us that is quite frankly fearful that if we were to really open up, if we were really to let people see who we are, then other people would not accept us. There's a not-so-secret part of us that is full of fear. That if we were to really just be who we are, that people would be disgusted by us. Because we think, we think that we have to be perfect. And because all of us are working so hard to present this perfect image to the world, all we see of the other people is their carefully crafted personas. And so we think that we are the only ones who are imperfect. We think that we are the only ones who have these troubles. We think that we are the only ones who have faults and failures. Now, intellectually, we know that this isn't the case, but this is how we internalize it, and this is how we feel about it, and this is what we then end up acting out of and how we end up presenting our own selves to the world. And I think that this is particularly difficult in the church 
Because while this is a place where, where we would think that we are accepted for who we are, this is also the place where we really think that we have to be perfect. And so we think that, that those things that are not so beautiful or wonderful about us, we think that those things are places in our lives that are imperfect or places that are growing edges or even those places that are countercultural or outside the social norm are things that we cannot show to each other or to the world until they're worn away and smoothed out and polished up and made into the image of perfection. Because we think that that's what being a Christian is about. Somewhere along the line, we got the idea that when we come up out of the baptismal waters, we are made so new that there is nothing imperfect about us. Somewhere along the line, we got the idea that when we come up out of the baptismal waters, we have to be perfect. And if we aren't, we have failed as Christians. A couple of days ago, I was listening to uh, the On Being radio show on NPR. Uh, It's hosted by Krista Tippett. And this particular episode of of the show was an interview with uh, two great modern theologians and authors, Parker Palmer and Courtney Martin. And they were talking particularly about the inner life of rebellion and and how to be a a modern-day rebel in a lot of ways. Uh, uh, Parker Palmer is a a Quaker and has been uh, living in radical Christian community and and doing a lot of different things. And and, um, so really uh, some very interesting stuff. But one of the things that they they were talking about is this idea that in the world today, we are so driven to uh, present this, this slice of who we are, this image of who we are, that it ends up being an act of rebellion in the world today to show up as your whole self. It ends up being an act of rebellion in the world today to show up as your imperfect self and say, this is who I am, and these are the things that I'm working on, and these are the places that I'm trying to be better. They were talking about how it's an act of rebellion to show up as your whole self and to know that there is something better that you're working towards. And the most amazing thing to me about that is that this has to be so rebellious to show up as you as your whole self seeking wholeness in your life and in the world. What's amazing to me about that is is because to me, that's the whole point of the baptismal story. And to me, that's the whole point of what God is telling us that God is doing in our lives and in the world. That God is taking the wholeness of all of this and crafting and recreating it and, and, and making it new. Not boom, it's new. Not bam, you're done, you're perfect. But taking the chaos of the waters of creation and forming and reforming it into something beautiful and amazing. Amazing. 
To me, that's the baptismal story. That when we pass through the waters of baptism, we are not created new right away, but that God is beginning an act of creation in us. Taking the watery chaos of our lives, all those imperfect places, all those places of of weirdness and awkwardness in our souls and in our lives. Taking all those places of, of sinfulness and brokenness, taking all of those chaotic places of I don't know who I am and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and I don't know where I'm supposed to be going so I'm going to live in 10 different states in 36 years. And taking all of that chaos and drawing it in and crafting and creating and recreating and reforming it. God doesn't want us to show up and pretend to be perfect and only present a carefully crafted image of who we think the world wants us to be. God wants to show wants us to show up as who we are. Bringing our whole selves our whole lives to him and saying, this is who I am. Take me, form me, shape me. Take the chaos of my life and make me who you would have me be. Help me know that those places that maybe I think are imperfect might actually be really helpful to your kingdom. And help take those places that truly are broken and sinful and need to be rectified and take them and heal them and make me whole. But take my whole life, Lord. Take my whole life and create it. Recreate it and make me yours. Sisters and brothers, let us not hide who we are from each other, from the world, from God. Let us go ahead and say, you know what? This is who I am, imperfections and all. This is who I am, weird quirks and all. This is who I am. I am a pastor who listens to heavy metal. This is who I am. This is who God has created me to be, and this is who I'm working on. Let us not hide ourselves from each other or from the world or from God, but let us act in that fantastic act of rebellion to what society tells us that we have to do and show up as whole people in this world, having faith that God is going to take that wholeness and whatever chaos is there, shape and reform us and make us beautiful and whole because you know what, friends, you are beautiful and whole. Just as you are. Let us show up for who we are. Seeking to be made into who God would have us be. Sisters and brothers, let us take great hope and great joy in knowing that God loves us just as we are that God will take who we are and make us into who God would have us be. Let's take great hope and joy in knowing that 
It is a beautiful thing to be that whole person. Flaws, imperfections, quirks, awkwardness and all. Sisters and brothers, know that you, you, each and every one of you, you are a beloved, beautiful creation of our Lord. You are God's own beloved child. And with you, God is well pleased. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, this morning we confess to you that we too often feel like we have to be perfect. But perfect in the way that we think perfect should be, not perfect in your sight. Help us to embrace the people that you have created us to be. Help us to embrace the people that you are creating us to be. And help us to bring our whole lives to you and to this place. To be your children. Help us to celebrate the love that you give us. Help us to seek your will and your way in our lives. Help us always to know and to find and to search out your truth and your love. We pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen.